It's series finale podcast, the only podcast with three Boston comedians discuss the final episode of a show they've, they've never, never even seen. seen. I'm John Paul. I'm Zach. And I'm Jack. And you're listening to a very special episode. It's week two of Stolen Valor July. Thank you very much for serving. He has, he's, not a ser- he's not serving, yeah, piece of shit. It's a special month of the podcast where we salute our nation's heroes in the only way we know how, by dressing up at them as them and getting all the benefits that they deserved and earned. Yes. Uh, Stolen Valor July. We're three weeks in now. How do you think it's gone so far, We're two folks? weeks oh, in. Yes. Oh, yeah. two weeks Excellent. in Excellent. Yes, because we, had a, we recorded out of order. That's just a little... Whoa, uh-huh. I don't know what you're talking about. These are live. <laughs> These are live podcasts. Yes. If you're listening, we're saying the words. We're a- they're actually broadcasting us in Iraq right now. It's so <laughs> Good morning, Iraq. Ooh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. What do you think? Is Do they still do radio broadcasts in like uh, the Good Morning Vietnam guy? I don't know. We, well, the, we know the Good Morning Vietnam guy doesn't do it because he's dead. <laughs> Robin Williams. Rest yes, Robin Williams. R.I.P. Stolen Valor. Stolen Valor. They should have had the actual Vietnam guy doing it. And he was not really a genie. <laughs> <laughs> or a flubber. <laughs> he died through autoerotic asphyxiation. Yep. No, he didn't, yep. dude. Yep. He died he from suicide. On his cock, bro. Oh, Zach is so disappointed already. <laughs> we just started. Stolen Valor July makes me truly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you just disrespect the troops all the time. No, I love the troops. Yeah, mm-hmm. why do you what do you love so much about them? Their hot physiques? <laughs> We're, if we're going to be talking hot physiques, we'd pick the perfect television show for it because we watched Generation Kill this week. Yeah, this is an HBO miniseries. Yes. yes. A miniseries. We've gone over it. It counts. It's a long TV movie, as, as, Jack, as Zach would call <laughs> yes, it. Yes. And it's a wealthy science movie, <laughs> I think is what he technically calls them. Go check out The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, uh, check it out. Generation Kill is the, epi- the miniseries we watch in... Um, a lot of amazing bodies in this show. Yeah. Some hardcore. great bods. Yes, Mostly showed off in a greasy football scene. <laughs> yes. Full tackle, man-on-man, meat-on-meat. Yeah, on meat. I thought they would do touch football. I thought it was going to be one of these like kind of things to show the integration of women in the armed forces, and it would just be men and women tackling each other, <laughs> treating each other as equals on the gridiron. I think it would be fair if they all were in lingerie, and it was army, la- it was marine lingerie <laughs> bowl. <laughs> That would be hot, right? That's, That's the only way towards equality is that the NFL players play in <laughs> banana hammocks. <laughs> that would be a beautiful... I think it's what Dr. King wanted. Yes. Basically. I think it's what Dr. King wanted. I think it's what a certain Dr. Robert Kraft could do to atone for his sins of desecrating <laughs> the memory of one man Kraft. Do you know Dr. King had a doctorate in? Was it just Theology. Divide, dividing Theology. races? Theology. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, Dr. King, we love you. You unified America. I think it's weird that you can be a doctor in theology. Don't you think that's bizarre? It's all made up. You should just I'm a doctor. Be a we're doctors of broadcasting. Yes, no, we are. We're not. Yes. We don't I like that. Yeah. I like that. We you should declare ourselves doctor. doctor. It's just as real as doctor of theology. No. No. You it know is. who's a doctor of broadcasting who has a degree from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting? And this is a deep cut for our <laughs> listeners. Jonathan Elias. DG. Dolce Gabbana. No, 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 DG. Oh, Doug Gurton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say he's his a name. doctor of bro- he's a he doctor, a doctor of, bro- of broadcasting yes. and a bookie. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, that's that not air. true. That's uh, not true. He doesn't really take books. Hey, the wind- but he has broken one of my thumbs. <laughs> For betting on the lingerie bowl. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Connolly. I hope you're listening to this right now. The, we, the first week of Stolen Valor July, we tackled the early days of the of the U.S. Armed Force, the Continental Army. And yes. now we've moved on to what many people consider the rough and tumblest me- you know, branch of the Armed Forces. The Marines. The Marines. Oorah. Would you guys Oorah. think you guys could have been Marines? I got a t-shirt from the Marines. Really? Yeah. When you turn 18, Gillette sends every man in America a razor. 
And they send, really? in, yeah, and the U.S. Marine Corps sends every boy in America uh, like a little f- recruiting flyer, yes. and you can like send it back, and you can get a different thing. And I got like kind of a porous shirt, a Marine shirt. Do you wear it and pretend? I do, yeah. I wear it usually <laughs> at Army base bars. I walk in. You say, hey, I'm tougher than any man here. I say, US hey, Marine. I'm wearing the uniform, but I'm a Jody. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could have been a, a really spectacular Marine. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably maybe the best of all time. I think yeah. you would have had a better chance of being a marine biologist, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or which is marine life, you know, like a whale. <laughs> you would have been a great Ariel. Ooh, a Mexican c- man would have actually been the only proper way to portray Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have the blubber to stay warm in the cold water. Hey, man, we don't do fat jokes. On That's this right. Podcast. I did freak out on the next episode <laughs> when you guys made a fat joke. I lost my mind. You got so angry I was you just traveled into the future. <laughs> uh, That's absolutely true. This show, now, this is going to sound Was this insane. made before or after uh, Band of Brothers, do you know? Probably um, after. Probably after, yeah. right? But I'm the, not sure. It's filmed really well. And I want to talk about this. The, the one. Uh, Trump talks about jobs that he's helped create. A job that George Bush helped create was Iraqi and Middle Eastern people, their performances extras in different <laughs> war films when they get killed. <laughs> There's a major genre. There's a lot of work. If you're an Iraqi man living in L.A., you are drowning in work. The extra work in this is really good. It really feels real. You oh, know? yeah, it does. It does. And we should say that Generation Kill was an HBO miniseries that was based off a book written by a guy who was embedded with Marines when they, uh, quote unquote, liberated uh, Sadat, uh, Baghdad from Saddam Hussein. Right. Which um, is kind of a cool. I remember when when the, the, the statue went down. I remember when that I went too. down. I too. I was in a tank right outside of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> were you part of the, uh, were you part of the, what do you call it? The, the Royal Guard? What were they called? The, the so there were these soldiers that everybody was afraid of in Saddam's army. The Republican Guard. That's the ones like, with the plastic surgery? No, no, those his were body bodyguards. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. But they, his, Saddam's elite soldiers were like the Republican Guard, and I remember when the when it took like about a week for the u.s forces like push into baghdad and the whole time the news was like we'll just wait till they hit the news seemed to be rooting against the armed forces really? they're like the republic they haven't hit the republican guard yet <laughs> yeah, and i think like the, a lot of the republican guard guys by the time u.s forces were close to baghdad they just were like just gave up they're like this is the, pointless was fox here? news going wild sarah palin was like what happened to the democratic god <laughs> Band of Brothers is 2001, uh, Generation Kills 2008. Oh, okay, so really? A big gap. So this is interesting, I think, because Band of Brothers is B.O.B. Like B.O.B. We've also covered on the on the podcast. Did we the first episode? We did the first we did episode. The, we did that's the, on the Patreon. That's on the Patreon. We release a Patreon episode every Thursday. Check it out. Where we some, we discuss the first episode of shows we've seen. It's only $5 a month, and you get all that content every single week. Yes. Uh, Band of Brothers is about World War II, which is the most cinematically just war in American history. Yes. Uh, good guys versus bad guys. Uh, you know, fair odds, you know? No, right, right. Except for the nuke at the end. I guess that wasn't fair. Right, right. Well, we pulled out all the stops. <laughs> you know? right, right. It's the uh, big finale. This <laughs> conflict's much messier. Yes. way messier. You can't tell who's good. They, the, the, the veterans or the the soldiers in Generation Killed the show. They don't even know who they're really fighting. They don't not. They a couple of times they talk about we're not even sure what the plan is. We just know we're here. They seem fucking confused as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure is not what you want when soldiers roll into the town to liberate it. It's a bunch of guys standing around going like, we don't really know what's going on. I mean, we could be here tomorrow. We might not. Who fucking knows? Yes. And they never are. They roll on neighborhood to neighborhood. Oh, let's do a little broad strokes. Yes, yes. let's do broad it. Broad strokes break down. Oh, burr, let's do burr, it to burr, taps. Burr, broad burr, strokes burr, break down. It's the broad Someone just turned this podcast off right there. <laughs> and so what happens is we've got this reporter. He's roving around with them. This episode is called like the one with the car bomb. It's kind of titled like a Sex in the City episode, <laughs> um, but Baghdad edition. And so they're driving around, <laughs> going from neighborhood to neighborhood, like trying to get a feel for the lay of the land. But yeah. they can only do one patrol a day because they only have one translator. So nobody oh, thinks yes. they can win. Yeah. And so they're driving around. They have some oily football games. There's, they occasionally <laughs> yep. take fire. And then they get struck by a car bomb. 
They don't get struck by a car bomb. No, what they they're doing is they're, mines. They're, they're, yeah, they're trying to disarm a minefield and One, it goes wrong. Two guys that are barely even in the episode get blown up by a mine. Hey, yeah. it's broad strokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Fill it what in I was happy about uh, with the, the final episode, they named it the car bomb thing, and I'm going in, oh, this is going to be brutal. So every gunshot, I'm like nervous. Oh, so you feel like you're there. A bit. <laughs> yeah, so I you mean, could say in a way you are a veteran. I mean, I have PTSD now from watching <laughs> the episode. Pretty tiny small dick? <laughs> Is that what you have? Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so the, this whole episode, I was very nervous. And thank God, nothing actually did happen to any of these guys. Yeah, except for just a couple of guys that you don't really see. But yeah. they're just as much the guys. You know, if, if the show had followed them, you would have cared about them too. But I, it didn't. But it didn't. Them. Yeah. <laughs> and they were engineers. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, I guess know? so. The so, fucking stuck-up assholes. <laughs> Yeah, and that's actually a scene where one command is like, "We're not taking these mine guys out. It's not safe." And uh, the command, the, their command, just says, "All right, we'll just ask somebody else." And yeah, then they multiple say, scenes of this, multiple yeah. scenes with a commanding officer who is refusing, having to try to re- almost directly refuse orders because he feels like the central command is giving him orders that will put his men in danger without need. Right. Unclear and unnecessary. If I was in that situation, I wouldn't give a shit. No, like, you would, go do you'd it. just roll them out. No, yeah. you would go like this. The, the person would say, uh, General John Paul, we need you to go into this minefield at 12 o'clock at night. And you'd say, I'm not doing that. And they would say, no, 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 you have to. And you'd be like, okay, I got it. <laughs> Back down immediately. <laughs> yes, yes. BDI. <laughs> yes. That's the way I do things. Um, do you, so the, what's interesting about this show for me watching it was like, I guess like after 9-11, I, this sounds insane, but okay, like I after 9-11, I was like probably, you know, I was like 13 or so, or maybe well, how old? I was 11. So I, I so guess, is that a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> Were you involved? <laughs> I definitely had like grandiose ideas of like joining the military because a lot of it seems like you and your buddies hanging out feeling nervous, but also trying to cut jokes the whole time. Uh, you make you know? lifelong <laughs> friends. Yes, definitely. You, you definitely do because you're in the, you don't even, people don't even understand what you're going through. And, and sometimes they're lifelong friends because your life is not that much longer. <laughs> and also you get paid. So it would have been a better investment for you rather than a frat, which you paid for to get paid to hey, go to the military. Those were lifelong brothers too. Yeah. Don't hey. call it a frat. It's a fraternity. What did you call it? <laughs> and, and honestly, to be honest, what I experienced with my fraternity brothers was probably more intense than Iraq. I hey, that. there were no WMDs in Iraq, but yeah. there was some wicked big dudes. WBDs? <laughs> <laughs> wicked Mexican dykes. <laughs> yeah, you had to fend off at the party. Yeah. Because they'd steal your girl. Absolutely. <laughs> and your job. Yeah. <laughs> WMDs. Wow. When, uh, uh, what do you, I mean, this war, one of the reasons it's so messy, it was, this is all predicated on the idea that Saddam Hussein was actively developing a nuclear program, which was, I believe, proved to be like 100% false. Yeah, I think it was fully false, and they were aware of that, but they wanted to get in there, so they rolled through. (laughs) And they completely destroyed the country. This is how I think the situation went with the WMDs. Uh, hey, you and this is George. You got WMDs? No. Call back six months later. You got WMDs? No. You call back. You like, you got WMDs? I'm going in anyway. And, ah, and he just went in. Yeah. That was a little meme minute there from Zach for Zach. Right. That like a meme. Three panels. Yeah. Three panels. Uh-huh. Let's do a meme minute. <laughs> okay. Early. Okay. Early. Okay. okay. All right. Memes uh, related to WMDs in Iraq. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Small brain. Okay. Small brain. <laughs> Small brain. Uh, no WMDs in Iraq. Okay. okay. Uh, galaxy brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, galaxy brain. Saddam's mustache is a type of WMD. <laughs> Universe brain. Yeah. Uh, wicked Mexican dyke storm the country. <laughs> uh, all right. R- the Rock. He's driving. <laughs> uh, he goes. He's he's got his first panel. The Rock driving. Oh, we got to go get these WMDs. <laughs> the Rock, second panel, looking er, the, behind The Rock is Occasional Cortex. <laughs> AOC. <laughs> AOC going, we should have never, in, we should, the government did 9-11. The third panel, The Rock with a confused look. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wandering Eye, Wandering Eye. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
The girlfriend, the girlfriend, uh, UN says no WMDs. <laughs> Boyfriend, you think Iraqi women are kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> then the, the wandering, the mistress is not a, it's like a woman in a burqa. Oh. And it says maybe the WMDs are under there. Oh. I'm not U.S. Army. I'm not CIA. That I'm FBI. Full body, body inspector. <laughs> Damn, that is a great meme. And that's been the meme. That was a great couple of memes there. We did some good work on that. Yes. Um, um, so the show starts off. What does it start off with? Uh, let's say we got some, um, the all the all the Marines are heading into they're heading into uh, a particular place to liberate it, uh, and they're basically told that they have to like do all these sort of humanitarian missions to help right. people in Iraq. I believe this is similar to what Pete Buttigieg did in Afghanistan. Oh, really? I think he was one of these PR guys. It, where he would walk around and talk to the locals and try and get a feel for what was does going on. Pete, did Pete know any like uh, any Arabic or anything? Uh, he, he claims to speak seven languages, so I assume. Oh. D- Pete's PR move was it to satisfy the men that had gone unsatisfied. <laughs> I did think about... You know, making a joke that the only Arabic Pete knew was something about sex. But, you know, I didn't feel like it was appropriate. Pete's a hero. Thank you, Pete. Andrew Yang is a hero. Pete's a loser. <laughs> In fact, frankly, I find it heinous that people call him Pete Buttigieg. Okay. And I'm changing it to Pete Pete Back Edge Edge. I don't even want to say butt. Oh, in his name. really? You know, wow. I think that's homophobic. But, yeah. <laughs> I do. Speaking of homophobia, we see some bizarre man-on-man sexual encounters while these guys are going around liberating uh one particular marine he's approached by uh a very amorous man do you guys remember this yes yes the arabic guy who was like oh you like boys arabic men are kind of like that sometimes i think i've seen that portrayed of course i don't really know i don't actually i've never met an arabic (laughs) man but that's my (laughs) sense I've also Is seen it portrayed in TV <laughs> that they can be uh, sexual, sexually fluid. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're kind, non-binary. Kind of proudly. Kind of proudly. Uh, yeah. Kind of proudly sexually fluid. You yes, like yes. He goes up to, you like boys or girls? Yeah, that's how what he says. He's like, you like boys or girls? I like boys. It's yeah. very like... It's and, the guy, and the guy reacts, I think, the way uh, all's react. He immediately goes, I like boys. And they go, fuck. <laughs> no, he, no. He, doesn't, he doesn't beat him up, which I thought was nice, because this is 2005. <laughs> or whatever also it is in baghdad <laughs> yeah that's another factor it, to put in there the soldiers are a little bit confused about their mission because they've just torn through co- the country killing people at will they bayoneted some soldiers they're in trouble for like some war crimes and yes. um and then the government's like oh now you got to be wicked cool and fucking sick <laughs> and like give them water they're doing shit. dancing lessons yes. it's like footloose but it's they're crazy. also on it because they <laughs> don't know what the like there's no like uniform for the person that's trying to kill them there's a crazy there was a crazy new york times article last year that was nuts following like this kid who was in afghanistan uh failing new york times article yeah the failing new york times <laughs> and it, it like he was securing an outpost in the countryside and the only reason that he was securing the outpost was because the outpost was there it existed for no other reason other than to keep it safe and he would, they would like be shooting at guys in the middle of the night, and then they would all go to temple together. Oh, really? Yeah, because the Taliban. It's not like the Taliban are bad guys. In the then then there's the people. It's there. They're all kind of y- you come the, and you go. I'm Sometimes the, the Taliban is a nice BBQ. You yeah, know? I'm Sometimes glad that you, you come out as pro Taliban. That's cool. <laughs> I, I, you put words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we should have never gone, right? Probably not. But what are you going to do when somebody puts a terror attack on your land? You're going to go out there and you're going to launch some missiles at a different country. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> at a country not just sort of near the other one. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, a good point. So George Bush, he did the right thing. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? This was a line from this. We, we, they told us we'd be judged not on the information in hindsight, but the information we had at the time. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Look, Which is a great hey, line. I hated George Bush when I was a very well-informed 12-year-old, too. You know? <laughs> But I'm saying, did George Bush wake up one day and say, my goal is to be evil and kill a million Iraqi civilians for no reason? Maybe. Right? <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. But uh, he's in the sober Illuminati, even though he won't recognize himself <laughs> as being in the sober Illuminati. He's a self-hating sober man. He, I like, like that. Like a self-hating Italian, like Camilla's mother. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. From The Sopranos. Uh, you know, but that's a little more understandable as they have something to hate. Oh, God, I'm Italians. But uh, so George, I don't know. He probably didn't want to be evil. The show is... It made the... The war made, like, certain... 
companies like, a lot of money, a lot of money. Halliburton, yeah. Halliburton specifically, they got all these contracts to rebuild the country that the U.S. destroyed. And you know, George Bush had daddy issues. You know, he felt like his dad didn't love him, so yeah. he's got to do the Iraq War and he's got to do it better. He should have flown into the Iraq like the way his daddy did. Well, yes. he was already too good of a pilot in the seventies, <laughs> so he was too good. Where has anybody questioned where George Bush was when George Bush Senior recently died? Was he in the same room? No. Was it with the pillow? He gave a touching, touching eulogy. Mm, George W., old George Bush, was also accused of touching people too much. <laughs> so I, maybe, hey, George Bush, gonna, no. maybe George W. Bush <laughs> is actually a feminist icon I will by not, killing his father no. because of the Me Too allegations. I will not desecrate the memory. Are you drawing a line, a line in the sand over George H.W.? George Herbert Walker's off limits, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he went to He's WW2. Grabbed, you've you've, you've You've shit on him on the pod on the pod before for grabbing women's asses. No, no, I probably maybe noted that uh, people were alleging that in the news, <laughs> but I'm not going to pile he, on. He was such a good pilot that he used to fly the Lolita Express, the Jeffrey. No, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. That is one hell of a pilot, <laughs> George. George, you're up there smiling down on us from heaven, <laughs> hanging out with John McCain, and I want to tell you, boys, they're I'm, up, I'm thankful. They're in. Uh, they're up there in Halliburton Heaven. That's a lot of. That's a rich heaven. Very expensive, seven hundred dollar <laughs> pizza. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, I also want to touch on this. You know, I'm a big family history guy. So my grandfather is in a movie. His name, Peter DeVever's yes. character in a movie, Gardens of Stone. Right. Yeah, they made a movie about your grandfather, right? It, about his military career, yes. yes. Which is domestic, but it was mm. storied nonetheless. And one of his buddies from the Army, later be Nick Prophet, became a war correspondent and was Damn. in Vietnam. I got to say, that is a cool-ass name. Nick Prophet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was CEO it. of Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like in a bar room once during a firefight, similar to the journalist here who had to run and weave out of being yeah, that was I can't wait to talk about There's that. There's a lot of humorous moments in this. I thought that was actually really scary. It was scary, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Cause, it was. Because the, the, the scene is... Uh, there's a sniper, and all the military guys are slowly running away from it, and they're all just going in the straight but line. it's unclear why. They, they went to the edge of the base, kind yeah. of for no reason. <laughs> and it was the edge of the base, so they took on fire. Someone started shooting at them from a roof. Mm. And then the, the, uh, the reporter's last to run, and he runs in a zigzag motion. Now all the other military guys are just watching him, being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, it's a serpentine. I saw it in a movie. <laughs> You're going to fire. you got to run from side to side. And they yeah. just start laughing at him. The, the Embedded Reporter is played by Lee Turgeson, who uh, was famously on HBO's Oz. The uh, show has a ton of good uh, good actors. It seems like if you get on one HBO show, you're kind of in the rotation. Sounds good. like a good deal. Deal. Steve yes. Buscemi, he was on Sopranos. Then he was on... And Tookie. Uh, he, he was Nookie. on... Um, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. You know, I originally got in with HBO. He uh, pretended to be an Iraqi <laughs> man and was kind of in a few miniseries. <laughs> and so that, what a lot of people don't realize is that most of Hollywood, a lot of people say oh, Hollywood's run by the Jews. That's anti-Semitic. Hollywood, most Hollywood actors are closeted Iraqi refugees. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, <laughs> Steve Renazizi, all these guys. Uh, you know? That's how it works. So this show is based on a, 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 a reporter following this, um, this group of young men taking over Baghdad. Yeah, he like, is an embedded reporter. Right. That means he is a reporter that... That travels with these Marines right. during Which is combat. Wild. Yes. I know that's like a that's such a that seems like such a crazy job right. title. Imagine if you were like, imagine if you were like an embedded like chef and you just went with them. Ever got shot at while you made them eggs? <laughs> it seems like a bad gig. Yeah. And if you're the reporter, it's not like the soldiers trust you that much. Like the soldiers yeah. seem to like this guy, but they also are like. You're just going to tell them how fucked up it was and the bad things we did. That's true. Yeah, they have all probably you know basically everything about war. Is usually portraying war in a very negative light. So they're like, this reporter, he's going to come back to the states. He's going to like tell everybody about all the crimes we committed here, and we don't yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't like it either. But to be honest, I was actually a reporter at one point. I really? was get out of yes, here. I was. Are I you kidding that. me? I was. I was. Did you go to journalism school with DG? <laughs> <laughs> don't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> I was a reporter for Teen Vogue when I uh, <laughs> was fourteen. I won a contest to help write some articles. For their spring season. The year was 1971. And I was excited because my other friend had won a similar contest and got to follow the Rolling Stones and basically be a groupie. Nice. I showed up to Teen Vogue Enterprises where they gave me a press pass and a one-way ticket to Vietnam. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had, Damn. <laughs> I had heard things were tough over there and tried to back out, but they said the contest had small print that said <laughs> if I chose not to participate, my parents would have to pay them $1 million. Oh, jeez. Oh, so I flew to Vietnam. I got there and a lot of the guys looked strung out and sad. <laughs> I asked them to show me around, but they just brought me to a whorehouse and made me watch them bang whores. <laughs> oh, nice. Teen Vogue wanted me to write a, an article on what it was like to be a teenager in Vietnam, what kind of music and jobs, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or whether or not they watched the Brady Bunch. But the first teen I met was in the whorehouse. Oh, my wow, God. Wow, dude. Great. <laughs> this is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> she asked me for more money, and oh. when she asked the soldiers to pay, they laughed and shot her. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God you're here to report on these crimes. Well, I was so rattled that I told the soldiers to please let me go home, but they said to relax, and they offered me some stuff they called junk. And it felt <laughs> so good, I was hooked immediately. When all the Americans left, I stayed along and became a Vietnamese prostitute. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> to support my junk habit, now I turn tricks all day and do heroin. Life's never been better. Wow. Did Teen Vogue ever get their story? <laughs> no. So your parents are on the hook for a million? <laughs> yes. That really sucks. <laughs> it was a tough, tough My situation. story is a little better. Mine's I, a little dark. In the fall of 2010, I was a reporter for a newspaper called the Christian Science Monitor. It was my job. It was my first job, fresh out of journalism school with DG, and I was excited <laughs> to make a difference. Unfortunately, once I was on staff at the Christian Science uh, jur- uh, Christian Science Monitor, I quickly found that it bored me writing stories about how prayer can replace modern medicine. One day, my editor called me into his <laughs> office, and terrified I was going to be fired, I immediately offered my boss a hand job, licking and spitting on my hand to become Jesus. a palm to become a palm butler. <laughs> My boss instead gave me a dangerous assignment. I was to be an, imbr- an embedded reporter in a war. My boss told me that I was going to be embedded with the 81st Battalion of the Atheist Airborne in Obama's war on Christmas. <laughs> I immediately suited up and flew out to meet up with the, union, with the unit. There was Lieutenant Ricky Gervais, Sergeant Christopher Hitchens, and Colonel Richard Dawkins, all <laughs> hardcore atheist soldiers in the war on Christmas. <laughs> I was embedded with the Atheist Airborne for a drop into Alabama, a famously spiritual state. As we prepared to drop, I was nervous, and Lieutenant Gervais approached me. He told me not to be scared. He said that even though it was scary, the war on Christmas was too important to ignore. The jump door opened, and we leapt out into the night, parachuting down to a local strip mall where someone had set up a nativity scene. I watched and took photos while Hitchens and Dawkins started firing their AK-47s into the nativity scene, (laughs) sending hay flying everywhere. While Gervais went into a dollar store. (laughs) Lieutenant Gervais saw a clerk wishing patrons a Merry Christmas. He started to beat and attack the clerk viciously (laughs) and clubbing her with his rifle while she cried out for mercy. No mercy in war, love, Gervais said, as he stabbed her with his bayonet and she slumped over dead. (laughs) They high-fived over a job well done and decided to make camp nearby. They sat around the fire telling stories about how God wasn't real and then decided that just because they were here to kill Christians, that didn't mean that they couldn't fuck Christian prostitutes. (laughs) They radioed Bob Kraft, and he had a Christian hooker air-dropped in. Much to our surprise... It was Joel Austin's wife, Victoria Austin. Oh, my God. (laughs) We were flabbergasted the Christian woman was so interested in feminism and sex work. (laughs) Victoria asked if we really thought that they could afford their cars and mansions simply by bilking spiritual morons out of their money. (laughs) She said the real moneymaker was always these tits. (laughs) Then she stripped down, and Christopher Hitchens, Dawkins, and Ricky Gervais triple teamed Victoria Austin (laughs) while I took detailed notes. The next day, we're almost there. The next day, we all got up early to plan our next mission. The unit all had intense post-nut clarity, and we planned to infiltrate a mall with a visiting mall Santa. We rode in silence. Victoria Austin chose to drive the van, temporarily driven insane by atheist Stephen. We piled out of the van and infiltrated the crowd as kids stood in line to be lied to about Santa by a fat pedophile. As Hitchens lined up his shot, suddenly... He was stabbed by Victoria Austin. It was a setup. Hitchens plunged plunged three stories into the fountain, and Santa ripped off his beard. It was Joel Austin, a five-star general in the war uh, for Christmas. Oh, my God. He opened fire with a machine gun, and I barely escaped alive. I followed my report with a Christian science monitor, but my faith was shaken. Did you receive any support from pro-Hanukkah forces? 
Oh, oh, from Pro Hanukkah Forces. Yeah. Well, this, oh, from the War on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we, I think they were the secret money men behind okay. the, behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> what about Kwanzaa? Any nation of domination <laughs> mercenaries? The Rock came in uh, to support Victoria. So I actually was intervening on much more peaceful times. I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan, doing a story for Men's Health. Ooh, okay. On Okinawa, there's nothing but peace. In forty thousand Marines just doing push-ups and looking sexy. <laughs> We were doing a feature on top beef hotties. Nice. My job was to go in detail a totally sexy marine workout while also sneaking in subliminal messaging to our readers to buy our men's health penis enhancement pills. (laughs) However, as I followed around the guys to Zumba classes and hot yoga, I started to notice something even more suspicious. Oh, boy. Every day, a few marine helicopters would stop down at a certain massage and reflexology parlor (laughs) in a new story developed. (laughs) A story of human trafficking and corruption. Wow. Apparently, Commander-in-Chief Donald J. Trump had been lending Marine One, the president's own helicopter, to his old pal, war criminal Bob Kraft, (laughs) (laughs) so that Bob could make secret offshore visits to his favorite AMP. Oh. One day I went rogue to go undercover. Nice. I dressed up as a geisha masseuse (laughs) and I worked the front desk. I was told I was a little bit too tall at six foot four in six inch (laughs) heels and most men wouldn't go for me. So, but I wore the high heels, sexy makeup, and I had stuffed my chest with 10 pound medicine balls, hoping Bob would choose me for my busty bust. However, he went with a Japanese gal instead. Uh. He said I was a little rouged and a little ugly. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) After two minutes, I busted into the room and hoped to catch Bob in the act. But as we all know, Bob finishes famously quick, and he was already (laughs) done in dressing up. Oh, he's crafty. I accused him of fornicating with this woman, but he said he was innocent. He claimed they did not have sex. I said, oh, yeah? Then how come my tape recorder has you saying stuff like sex? In the word penis in vagina a lot. Okay. He said, get your mind out of the gutter. We weren't having sex. We're cousins. We are both distantly related to Jacqueline Philomena Burke. (laughs) (laughs) And it is our family Burke tradition to discuss sex (laughs) with relatives. Uh, I was telling her all about what Myrna used to do. Oh, boy. Oh, now, I nice. thought Bob was lying, but I looked around, and instead of the regular masseuse table fare in lube, I instead saw chicken pot pie and silverware setting the table for a traditional New England dinner. And I knew it was nothing more than old Burke family sex talk. <laughs> Like OJ, Bob Kraft was innocent. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn. What a story. Did you ever get that men's health story out? Uh, you know, I saved it. Sent it over to Playboy. It was a better fit, I thought. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, these uh, these soldiers that are uh, the part of the Marine unit, they're doing all kinds of stuff to try to help people. They're doing things like uh, patrolling neighborhoods. They're breaking up fights. They're uh, detonating undetonated bombs yeah. that land in people's... Uh, there are like undetonated bombs that have landed in people's... People's backyards it's and they're terrifying. going around detonate them it is wild you yeah. know how i would detonate them i would tell deadheads and fish fans that you get high kind of like nitrous oxys, <laughs> oxide if you walked over and sucked it with a straw <laughs> two two birds with one stone yes nice. kill drug users and uh <laughs> it's well speaking of drug users the main thing that the iraqis seem to want from the soldiers is valium that was hilarious really specific <laughs> yeah right do you think that was a, that must have been a pull from real life it must be true that there was a lot of valium addicts in iraq yes, yes. I, they weren't sleeping well it helps them sleep i guess it probably helps sleep because of all the bombs you know maybe the iraqis were just doing it for suburban moms who really <laughs> wanted the valium cuz they were just uh they were sick of sitting at home all day the, are i'm like Watching this show made me kind of jealous. I'll never experience war, right? And I'm not jealous of that. It seems horrible. (laughs) Definitely horrible. But a part of me is like... You think you would do great. No, no, no. I don't think I would do great, but it's like such an insane life experience that so many people never even get to see. And that's a good thing, but it's also like, are are you experiencing the whole human life if you don't experience a war at some point. That's only true to our generation. I'm not really sure if there's any American whose at least grandfather wasn't in the U.S. military. Uh, Aside from the extremely wealthy. 
Yeah. Like your Donald- grandfather was in the military, I assume. Yes. My grandfather was in the military. Your parents were in the military. Donald J. Trump, no military service in the family. Right. Well, he was extremely wealthy. Yes. Were yes. your grandparents, was your grandfather in the military? My grandfather, uh, I, yeah, I think so. You just had to be. So everybody yeah. was, and then everybody had stories, and everybody had the same training, and everybody had the same buy-in and love for America because they fought to protect it. We just go <laughs> to Twitter and run our mouths and don't know anything. <laughs> However, the wars that we're fighting now, people are not fought to protect the United exactly. States. Exactly. But exactly. So. And they're extremely dangerous. But the wars they, our grandparents fought, besides like World War II, it's like World War One. we probably didn't need to get involved Ted in. Ted Williams and General MacArthur <laughs> voiced reading that this. Book. I'm reading a book about Ted Williams, he was a war hero, and a voiced bad dad. the same Very criticism about Korea. They didn't know why they were in Korea. It felt like they were just playing police, mm. and they didn't even seem like they were winning because they weren't going on an all-out assault to kill people because there was literally no need to do that. Yeah, and it's not surprised that some of these soldiers can feel that disillusionment, especially even when they're on the ground. We can actually listen to that on a clip right here. You smell the cordite in the air from all the gunfire overnight. This is supposed to be the Shia removing the Fatiyin and the Sunnis that back Saddam. It's bullshit. That's what they're telling us in the briefings. This is a 100% Shia neighborhood. They asked me if it was possible, could we stay the night? I had to tell them no, we had orders. They asked for water. I told them we'd come back another day. But guess what? I just got word that we're gonna rebuild it again. Move from the hospital to some power plant further east. Chances are we'll be patrolling some other neighborhood tomorrow and then another one the next day. Oh, can you see me your extras? Steve Buscemi. (laughs) They say they have headaches, they cannot sleep, they want Valium. (laughs) So I'm not going to give them Valium, I'm not going to give them anything for cutting in front of the kids. Won't give the guys value. What a dickhead, huh? Yeah, that that whole scene's really insane because they portray like Iraqi men to have like no respect for kids or women. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this is untrue. (laughs) Yeah, Zach is the big expert on Arabic men having never met one. (laughs) I don't want to talk out of turn, but I've heard. Did Ted Williams say this in his book? Many people. He was. Now he's woke. He was very woke. <laughs> that uh, I read one graphic novel called Arab of the Future. Yes. And they talk about kind of the lack of manners of Arab men, but it's manners to us. It's just their culture is to push over men, young children, and <laughs> and go crazy. Just step on them to get some value. It's, it, it, it was wicked rude, and it makes you not really respect them. It's their culture. I, don't know. I think I was. They want some value. Fucking the kids not there. Kid, who they what they give a shit? <laughs> oh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the Iraq and they're war, in a war, they're, they're in a little war zone. So right. it's all yes. for yourself. No, that's true. That this is true. was a war sponsored by the sober Illuminati. We're they had heard that the Iraqis <laughs> had become too dependent on Valium. They want to cut off the supply. Duterte was the the general behind it all. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, this is like the what I loved about the show was the the there's it's lawless. Like they don't know what they're doing. I don't understand why. They, they didn't just set up shop in one town. Like Every group of military guys should have just had one section where they chilled at and they laid roots in that section of Baghdad. Maybe they didn't have enough people. I don't know. But they definitely did. They it's a volunteer they, army? They, they, yeah, they say at one, they say at one point, they, they, they clearly state in the show that they are desperately have, they're desperately don't have a lot of trans. They have one translator. They the translator thing was a problem. The yeah. tra- they get a translator who's like literally just like a hippie. He's, <laughs> he's got like camo shorts on and like a backwards hat. He's just like, oh yeah, they just want cigarettes and water and some <laughs> pussy. You know? And then they got guys. Then like Iraqis will come up and offer their services, but they're double agents yes. sometimes. You don't know you can trust them. I f- I, that seems so dumb. There's one guy who like brings the military unit on a tour, and he's. He's pretend he's a translator. He's dressed for them. really nicely though. He's he, in his Sunday best. He yes. is dressed really nicely and they just believe him. They're not like, oh, this guy couldn't possibly be lying to us. Well, some <laughs> of them are like nineteen. So they're just like, you know, I guess this yeah. seems like a good idea. It was so that that whole thing was strange. And then there's like the the people in Baghdad don't even know like what's going on. There's there's looting and there's like yes. mayhem. Yes, at one point the unit we follow they are they are stationed outside of a major city, and 
while they're stationed out there overnight, there is like intense fighting going on in the city. And uh, their central command orders this guy's unit to go into the city and like do something. And the guy just basically says no. It's, he says it's like way too dangerous in there right now. And it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. We will just lose people. You yeah. Know? I don't know. But then the guy says please, and the commander backs down immediately, as you should do. <laughs> a JPR. Yeah, he pulls a JPR, <laughs> and he backs down. It's the second mm. that he offers any kind of uh, resistance. What The last scene of the show I thought was really interesting. I thought this was something that was supposed to be so poignant, but to me fell very flat. I disagree. It hit me <laughs> right in the heart. This You were just a sap for these dumbass songs like Adam Sandler. I'm a sap, for sure. And this show... It does sort of glamorize the war, I thought. I don't think so. Because their bodies were so ripped. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, they, they don't know and what the they're doing. the camaraderie. The camaraderie is a beautiful thing. The camaraderie is good, but it also yes. shows that these guys are kind of like, they're... They're like wild dogs in so sense. Like Ooh, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> and when they get the dispatches from back home, wives are divorcing them. People have moved on. They they, they can't get a hold of anyone. No one really cares. At one right. point, they st they like sort of steal into like this like apparently Iraqi officers. Uh, office and they just tear it apart. They're pissing all just over the for place. No reason. They just tearing the place up just to. I don't know. Maybe they got a lot of aggression. They're trying to get out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Yeah. Maybe I would piss all over everything if I could. That's that would true. get you sexually excited, though. right? <laughs> that, it might have done that for them. Paul Giamatti ran into that room and <laughs> laid under it. Go listen to the billions, billions episode. on Patreon, yes. everybody. Billions <laughs> episode one and episode two <laughs> so, as well. That's out. To, that's out now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the final scene is there's one guy who's been recording everything on, on like a little camera. DV camera. Yes, and he's edited it somehow. Amazing software that he's yeah. been carrying along with him. Yeah. And he puts together this little video, and all the unit is around it watching the video. And at the beginning, they're loving it. It's all them kind of having fun. Yeah. And they're showing them blowing up shit. Yep. And, and it's, it's all set sick. to music. It's and all set to a Johnny Cash song which about is a great the end song. of the world. Yes. When the man. When comes the man around. comes around. <laughs> wow. Is that was was that Johnny Cash? That was in the flesh. Damn. <laughs> yes. And. Saturday more like uh, Johnny 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 Quarters. Cash. Johnny Cash. <laughs> I am Johnny when the Cash. man comes inside. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and so then it's set, and it's like kind of this great moment, and then in the middle, like every all the guys are pumped for it. They're all like eighteen to twenty-four. They're all jazz as hell. They're, They're like, all a great demographic to advertisers. <laughs> yes, and, and then they. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, midway through this little video, they start to see like the dead bodies and like. All the dead bodies and the people they've killed and stuff, and they're like less and less enthused by it, and they start walking away one by one. Basically, there's one guy who sticks around, and he's like super into it still. Yeah, I wonder why that guy sad. edited those parts in. Yeah, I don't really get that either. To show that it's like show the good and the bad, I guess. To me, this seemed very on the nose. It's like it's like yeah. showing like you know, it's like people are so amped up for war, but then when they see the consequences in the real life thing. They're not so into it anymore. Right. And they just walk away. Like, we probably should have walked away 15 years ago. <laughs> yes. I didn't really... They hit it right on the nose. You're right. And your explanation of it made me realize, like, oh, wow, I totally missed all that. <laughs> that What is that called? Metaphor? Yeah, I think so. It's, like, barely a metaphor. Symbolism. It's, yes. Yeah. It's literally in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought it was nice. But the music video part's kind of... I like that song. And there's an amazing... So, so, basically, the reporter has found out that, like, two of these guys are... They tried to bayonet two prisoners yes. that were armed. And no, I... I a commanding officer bayoneted two prisoners, right, and then yeah. they took the fall for it. Ah. Yes, and this is actually a parallel to a band of brothers. Is there's a commanding officer that all the guys kind of hate? That's like kind of a dingle. Swimmer. And this guy comes yeah. from a military yes. family. His uncle is like a four star colonel or something. Yes, and that was just like in Band of Brothers. There was a, David Swimmer played a character that was like grandfathered in, but then was bad at his job. Yeah. So uh, do you think that happens in military a lot, or is it just the military writers? Military is family, family run. Right. I assume that any organization is going to have nepotism, you know? True. Just, just like a natural aspect of humanity. But when human lives are on the line, you think they would be like, I don't really care that you are the product of this guy's cum. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, but, but you look at it more like this, not just that this is this guy's son, but it's like, okay, this is this man's son, his father, did, his grandfather, did, he's probably going to be in here for 20 years. Yeah. And he's at least somewhat smart and he gets the culture and he has a buy-in, so maybe he'll be a valuable asset in some 
Puerto Rican kid from the Bronx is here for three years or for a two year enlistment mm-hmm. and he has GED and you know maybe they'll be a little racist and go with the white guy <laughs> right, it's like right. more than just uh, a semen transfer you <laughs> <know>? yeah <laughs> all right um, and the the reporter he actually uh, he gets to know some of these guys some of these guys are they're pretty they're pretty wild they're pretty out there any pussy can read a book <laughs> see I, I didn't I didn't grow up with no understanding. I mean, my mom tried, but but my dad, he was this uh, he was a psycho ex-marine Vietnam. This is a thing. crazy story. I mean, yeah, psycho. He won a bronze star. Mm-hmm. I wish I had his warrior skills, but and he left us. Left after his uh, fucking jealous bitch of a girlfriend shot his ass in my mom's house. One day, my old man, he, he tries to patch things up with me. He didn't take me fishing. Except on the way to the lake. Takes us to this porn shop. Whoa. So he can have a jack in the booths. Leaves me Not outside me. in the parking lot. Where this old fruit tries to cruise me. Whoa. I threw a fucking brick through that fool's windshield. That means he did it or That what? was a father son trip. Damn. Hey, dog, listen to this. He's reading a letter he wrote to yeah. his girl. I've learned there's two types of people in Iraq. Those who are very good and those who are dead. I'm very good. I've lost 20 pounds, shaved my head. Weight loss, fat shaming. Started smoking. My feet have half rotted off. And I move from filthy hole to filthy hole every night. Yeah. I see... Dead children and people everywhere function in a void of indifference. I keep you and our daughter locked away deep inside, and I try not to look there. Doc, you think that's too harsh? (laughs) (laughs) Tony, you know, you think way too much. The sound editing is incredible. The yeah. show with the background noises and stuff, it really feels like you're there. You yeah. know, I thought that was super impressive. I didn't really give a fuck about what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the, I thought that was a really great moment in the show. Yeah, that yeah. guy has got real serious problems, <laughs> right. and he probably is the kind of guy who wouldn't function that well in traditional normal society. Right, or maybe when he returns to traditional normal society. Well, good for him. Trouble. This is 2006, so he's got another 12 years in uh, <laughs> in the war. You know. No, there's a bunch of that type of stuff, and like, there's there's one guy who has an incredible line. It might be the same guy. He says, uh, "I talked to my priest. He says that killing's not a sin if you don't like it." You oh know? yeah, and uh, that's good because I don't. But I'm not sure what he thinks about indifference. Mm. And it's like, damn, is it in, is? Do you think it's a sin if it's in, if you're indifferent? I mean, I don't think there's any such thing as sin. So <laughs> it's probably not good to kill people, no matter how you feel about it. <laughs> right, you know, even if you're like, oh, this is so difficult for me, gun to your head, dead. And then there's a. What did you think about the general who's like, I got it. There's, a, there's one guy this who was, just has an insane voice for no he reason. He should have been fired for the voice. <laughs> He's like, hey, I, I'm just a general. He so was, uh, he I was the guy do. who we heard. He was, um, oh, the guy with the crazy voice. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what you guys talk about him for a second? I got, oh. I have a clip of his voice. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, this guy's had a really wild voice. He's like their corporal commander. I think he's a big dog. He, he stays he, in the base. He gives major strategic orders. He talks about how it's fucked up to give these guys orders that could go get him killed, but he has no other choice. And how he kind of loves it too. He's like, it's hard. Listen, your. B- I think this is his voice. Let's see your belt. <laughs> Look at that crap. Ate yeah, the fuck th- up. This is my shit. Yeah, ate the no. fuck up. Looks like It sounds just <laughs> like him. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Let's do um let's do a Deepak Chopra. Oh, that's a good idea. Deepak Chopra moment. A moment uh, we like from the show. Yes. Uh my Deepak Chopra moment. Uh, was getting to see Lee Turgeson, who was an actor who I absolutely fell in love with on HBO's Oz. <laughs> he played a white-collar lawyer who accidentally hit uh, and killed a girl while driving drunk who gets sent to a maximum security prison and is raped by J.K. Simmons. Are you serious? What? Yeah, that happens. That's horrifying. So uh, that's you. I would not like Oz. <laughs> <laughs> that but happens? That really 
causes his character to develop a lot. Uh, That's <laughs> messed up, dude. And he's a great actor, and I was great to see him in this. Love yeah, anything he's in. And a little um, behind that, the paywall, behind the Patreon, we have a famous episode where we talk about Oz with one of <laughs> our members' exes. <laughs> <laughs> it's behind the effort wall. Yes, behind the effort wall. <laughs> That's true. All right, what's your Deepak My Deepak Chopra moment, something that I really liked was... The toppling of an anti-democratic regime. I just thought it was good <laughs> to see the boys go in, spread the red, white, and blue. Yes. I liked... My Deepak Chopra moment was the humor. I, I thought it was like... It's just you nice. seem to think this was like a stand-up <laughs> album by like <laughs> Dick Gregory. Yeah, there are some a, funny things No, in no. Here. It seems like it's such a tense world they live in. It was good to see them like, this. the only way we can get out is just to make light of it and be like, wow, this is insane that we're here. Yeah. You know? So I like I that. Totally like that yes. Do you think any of them should pursue open mic comedy? I think they all will after. And they should <laughs> all get the veteran bump spot. Yes. <laughs> yes. And after they once they start doing open mic comedy, they can stop being civilians. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. All right. Let's do a role play. Let's do a role play. I like this idea. Um ooh, this kind of feel like this is gonna be a tough one. I'll be an I'll be a gay Iraqi translator. <laughs> I don't think we named any of the characters. I'll be though. a straight Iraqi translator. <laughs> okay. And I will Come be on, bi Iraqi translator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will be a I'll be the colonel with the weird voice. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. <laughs> hey my friend, my friend, I need some Valium, my friend. Yeah. Hey, what are you <laughs> really stressed, my friend? <laughs> I need some value, my I, friend. Why, you you, why do you need value? Are you stressed? I'm not hey. stressed. Let me rub your shoulders. <laughs> Come over here. Uh, listen, you. man. I hey. don't mess around with uh, with straight men. Do you like boys? Hey. I like boys, yes. Do you like big hairy men? Uh, I like big hairy men, but you're lick straight. My, lick my monster. You're famously straight. <laughs> <laughs> you're the straightest translator in the country. <laughs> lick it. Lick my monster. Give me value. Hey, hey. Hey, there's a law called uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and you give us a telling right now. You're telling. Okay? You sound just like oh. the guy in my favorite movie, <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. You look like Brad Pitt. Are you Brad Pitt? I am. Oh, my God. You I saw am it. Brad hey, Pitt. Do you remember Brad Pitt? He was shirtless in that movie. Let's get you <laughs> taking your shirt. You're I supposed <laughs> to be the straight translator. I'm the gay translator. This is straight in the Arab <laughs> world. This is not gay to touch another man be naked. Okay. Okay, hey, let's hey, touch hey, him. Let's touch him. We're touching him. Touch. Ooh, oh, ooh. oh, I think I found some hey. value. Hey, I found I found two large volume down here. <laughs> oh, I could swallow hey, these pills. I, let me let me see. You got a WMD in your booty. <laughs> wait, you wait, wait, whoa, what did you spend in a Hold UN on. inspector? Hold on. Hold on. Okay. He said booty. That's gay. I don't <laughs> like this man. What are you doing? Uh, I am the gay one. That's fine. You can say that with me. <laughs> yeah, let me inspect your booty for guns. Okay. Uh, you can see it's very hairy. Hold on. I Hold on. unload wait, my wait. machine gun in your booty, too. Hey, hey. <laughs> Instead of inspecting <laughs> straight, <laughs> when you get the attention, it's very weird. <laughs> I like you straight hey. translator. What do hey. you want? <laughs> you want to see my penis? <laughs> Isn't that gay? No, butt is gay. Penis is very straight. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, sh- sure. That sounds fun. Let me see it. Don't look at my penis. <laughs> Ow. Oh, this guy plays games with you. He always plays games. He does. Always playing oh, games. You, you want to play? Let's play a game. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. That, that was a gunshot. Oh. <laughs> that was a oh. random gunshot. All right. That hurts so good. I'm going to fix my bayonet right now. Oh, charge, sir. Charge, sir. <laughs> Stab, stab. This I did stab one guy, but <laughs> I had sex with the gay guy. All right. Woo! <laughs> what a great role play. <laughs> one of the best of all time. <laughs> if only Milton Burrow got involved. I, uh, I think this was a sobering look at uh, how, in some ways, the war in Iraq was actually bad. <laughs> so I give, it a, I give it an eight. 6.1. Uh, no female representation, <laughs> which I didn't enjoy. <laughs> Uh, I gave it a nine. It made me realize I could be a special force Marines. Nice. <laughs> Good night, Good America. Night, America.